I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Celtics Pod. A little bit later on a release today, but it's going to be more than worth it. I'm joined by a 2008 championship winner, ESPN commentator, Celtics fan favorite, Mr. Kendrick Perkins. What's up, Perk? Adam, what's going on, man? Look, I like the background, the TD Garden. You know, I'm a Bostonian at heart, so when you say Garden, you have to say in Boston terms, it's the Garden. But I'm happy to be on, man. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> pleasure's all mine. The pleasure's all mine. Uh, I, I wish I was at the Garden right now, to be honest. Um, so let's just jump in. I know that we want to, I've got a lot we should, I want to try and fit in with you. So some of this is coming off the back of your All the Smoke podcast appearance that you did um, that dropped yesterday. I thought that was fantastic. And the first thing that kind of sticks out to me is your discussion on Jalen Brown and his improvements. Yeah. Uh, you kind of referenced him as a truck. So where do you see his improvements like overall? Do you see him as an an all-star? Are you having him as in the most improved player candidacy? Well, 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 well Jalen, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Uh, and it had been that way for quite a long time. I knew he was a mature uh, individual when he first came into the league as a rookie. You know, he turned down the slam dunk contest and said that he needed to work on his game and get ready for the postseason. And right there, that caught my attention. I said, no, this this guy's been here before. He has an old soul. And with that being said, every single year he's gotten better. I thought last year he should have made the all-star team. He's one of the best two-way players in the game today. And when you look at him this year, coming into this season, I had him as my most improved player, and I still think he's going to win it. But when you watch what he did last year in the bubble, in the postseason, he was arguably the Celtics' best player and most consistent player. And so coming into this season, with Gordon Haywood uh, leaving, Kimball Walker being hurt, I said people are finally about to realize what type of talent and how good of a player Jalen Brown really is because he's a young stud. And Jason Tatum, look, he, he is, I believe he should also, along with Jalen Brown, be a Celtic for life. All right, but Jason Tatum is that 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 Ferrari, okay? He's the one that you you go on the showroom floor, he got the tinted windows with the rims, his seats may be custom made with J, JT and the headrest. Well, Jalen Brown is that guy that's he's not flashy. Um, um, he's like that F350, real doable, gets the job done. You know, you, you can put a million miles on him and he's gonna keep trucking. So when I'm watching his game this year, right now, offensively, he has zero flaws, and I mean zero. It's nothing that he can't do on the offensive end. When you talk about attacking a basket with force, finishing at the rim, nice touch around the basket, mid-range, he knows how to get to his spots and elevate over people using his athleticism. Stepping into the tray ball, the three ball has been phenomenal to watch, and it's the growth of Jalen Brown. Also, the way that he's able to use the pick and rolls and able to have that deception where he's keeping guys on his hip, reading the defense, 
attacking and slicing through the defense going downhill or making the right plays as a facilitator. He has really emerged into an elite score. The man just scored 33 points in 19 minutes. And then on top of that, he's great at getting out in transition. People don't give Jalen Brown enough credit for how well-conditioned he's in. Like, you talk about LeBron James, you talk about all these guys that are in great shape. Jalen Brown is in hell of a shape. The way that he plays, his pace, and he performs on both ends of the floor. I'm looking at Jalen Brown right now, and in my eyes and in a lot of people's eyes, not just the Boston Celtic fans, he deserves to be an all-star starter. When you talk about his uh, two-way ability and that shape that he's in, that was something you kind of spoke about with LeBron as well, right? Like uh, the time you spent with LeBron and the schedule that he kind of rigidly stuck to. Have you spoke to Jalen to see what his schedule's about, if he's following similar a similar path as LeBron in terms of taking care of his I, body? I never had a, a, a opportunity to sit down with him and really to get dive into details. This is just what my eyes tell me. I mean, we didn't have you know, general conversation where we speak and I tell him I'm a big fan. He's like, I appreciate Big Perk. Thank you, man. Working all day. Very, very humble kid. Hard work at that. And on top of that, just think about what he's doing in the community. This guy is just a born leader. Uh, he's different. So, you know, uh, that's one of my goals is to actually, if ESPN ever allows me, that's one of my goals is to have a one-on-one -on -one sit down with Jalen Brown. I'm sure we all want that. Is there a, we'll get a petition started, see if we can uh, make that happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of the players that you kind of seem to have a bit of a, you kind of like, is Rob Williams. What do you see in him that makes you think he's um, such a good prospect? And do you think he can ever have as big an impact as what you did? Oh, a way bigger impact. Look, Robert Williams is at, Robert Williams is actually something that I've never been, and that's athletic, okay? Uh, he's relentless. He's fearless. He plays with an edge and a tenacity, and he's everything that you want in a big in today's game. The way that he's a live threat at the basket. He rolls hard. He set great screens. He offense the rebounds. And most importantly, he can anchor a defense and he protects the basket with the best of them. And when Robert Williams get in his shot blocking mode, he has people looking over their shoulder, left and right, wondering where he is. He comes in in a 15 or 20 minute span and he impacts his impacts the game tremendously. And the thing that I love about Rob is hard for a young player to stay professional, but he does just that because he has two veteran guys that are playing at his playing his position and Trisha Thompson and Daniel Tice, and Rob is always ready when his number is called. He's flashed some facilitation as well, right, from the high post. Do you think if he can kind of continue to expand that and develop more short role facilitation that he could end up becoming the starting centre by the end of the season? I, I strongly believe that. I, I still think that Rob could still work on his body. I feel like he could actually get more defined because he has that body, body type. Uh, but it's just all about getting reps, uh, learning the game, and, and, get, and being in those moments, those crucial moments in the fourth quarter when it's a possession-by-possession possession game. And that way he could learn. He could learn where to be. And the only way – that's going to happen if Brad allow him to learn through 
his mistakes. But right now he's playing phenomenal. And I do and I can see him being the starting center in the near future for the Boston Celtics. And when you mentioned Brad allowing him to play mistakes, that kind of segues perfectly into the next uh, question I've got for you. On all the smoke, we, you had a moment where you were talking about Stan Van Gundy's fit with the New Orleans Pelicans and how you would have preferred them to take a, a hit at one of the younger coaches, a Sam Cassell or somebody in that mould. What do you think the modernised NBA coaches, the new school, do differently to the old school? Well, it, it just, it's just being able to relate with your players. Um, you know, it's it just Stan has an old school mentality and it's a different generation right now. Like when you when you look at guys around the league, it's just different. The social media, the fashion wear, uh, you know, you just have to adapt to them. Even the great Greg Popovich came out in the interview and said, you know what? I have to adjust to the players now. I have to come out of my comfort zone and let them rock out. Meaning, it's no more running sets. It's no more coming down and running set offense. No, the game is is pace, isos, and let guys go to work. The only thing that you need a coach in Hawthorne is making sure guys know what to do defensively. And when you watch Tom Thibodeau, who had been away from the game for two years and had a chance to reevaluate himself, okay, and learn and say, you know what? Offensively, I got to take a back seat and let guys just do them but I'm still going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league today. And right now you can see the separation of the two because the Knicks are doing way better and playing way inspiring winning basketball than the New Orleans Pelicans. And I strongly believe that, and there's no diss to to David Griffin because I'm a huge fan of Griff. I just thought that he should have went younger and went got a youngster to come in with that young group that he has. So with the new coaches allowing it to kind of flow more and allowing that um, ISO and high pick and roll, how much stock do you put in the title of a player development coach? Do you think coaches have a big impact on player development or is that more just comfort throughout years in the league and what they do in the offseason? Well, player development is huge. you got to have great player development coaches on your sideline. And I think that's what separate a lot of people. That's what separate Boston from a lot of young other organizations is they player development. You got to teach these guys what to do for us, putting them in position to be successful, making sure they work on game moves and not working on things that they're not going to do in the game. And so that's a huge thing. Like right now it is so key and it's so important to make sure that the New Orleans Pelicans have a, a player development coach that strictly deals with Zion. Not not saying that they don't, but, I mean, really taking his game to another level where it's like Zion, I know you like to do this, but with your size, with your strength, with your athleticism, if you do this, your numbers will be better and we will win more games and we will be able to play you more minutes. You see what I'm saying? So do you think it's more to do with the, the position the coaches put them in and then allowing the players to go away during the summer and work on the moves that they've been shown to develop over this course of the season. Absolutely. And that's why I'm a strong believer in, in you got to be careful of who you work out with in the off season. If you're going to go hire a personal trainer, 
that's going to work, a, a, a development coach that's going to work you out. Don't have them working you out, dribbling through cones and working on your handles if you're not going to do that in the game. You got to hire someone that's going to work you out that's going to translate over to what you're going to do in the game of basketball. And so with that being said, if you can't find anyone, just use the same person that's in the organization to come meet you and come travel. And I think it would, it would nip everything in the bud. That was pretty much everything Celtics related. Just before we move on to the Lakers, the last thing I wanted to kind of press you on a little bit was Grant Williams. He's struggled to start the year. Mainly he's been playing at the four and the best stretches we've seen from him this season and last was as a small mm-hmm. ball five. How do you think he fits into the, the Celtics rotation now because of the three bigs that are already consuming all the rotation minutes at that five spot? Well, well the thing about Grant Williams is defensively he's positionless, okay? That means, in my opinion, he could go up one through five. He's strong enough. He's athletic enough to get the job done. Uh, and you have to simplify the game for Grant, meaning – Hey, look, you're out here to make an impact with your energy on the defensive end, be physical, rebound, take charges, block shots. And and on the offensive end, I want you doing dribble handoffs. I want you going to get offensive rebounds. And most importantly, stretch the floor. And when the ball comes your way, especially in the corner three, you got to be able to knock down shots. If I'm Grant Williams right now, Early in my career on this, the team that he's on with the Boston Celtics, if I'm him, I will be watching a lot of film on PJ Tucker. That's a great comparison. That's would you say that's where Grant's ceiling is of development? Like that's the player he should be aspiring to be. Well, for right now, because yeah. that's his role. If you know that's his role on this team. Now, Grant, you continue to get better. I'm not saying that because he still have room to improve. And he can offer more. It's just not right now. But your role right now is to be a P.J. Tucker for the Boston Celtics. Tomorrow, I know you're going to be with Cassidy Hubar hosting Hoopstream's primetime, ESPN's 30-minute digital NBA pregame leading into the NBA Saturday primetime on ABC. I know you guys will be joined by special guests leading up to the rivalry game. And the show will stream on ESPN Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and the ESPN app. How are you feeling about this upcoming game as a guy that's played against the Lakers in multiple rivalry games? Well, it's always special, even if it's not in the playoffs or the finals. The rivalry is, this rivalry is one of the greatest rivalry in sports. And when we're able to do the pregame on a digital network, which is kind of translating from TV to digital. Everybody has their phone in their hands and stuff like that. Or Everyone is probably not at home at the time, so they could download it on the ESPN Plus app and watch it and check it out or their Twitter feed. But when you look at the rivalry and you look at now currently where these two teams are, the Celtics, the Lakers, I mean, both of these guys, you have a dynamic duo. To me, you have two of the top three duos in the league going against one another. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is must-see TV, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I don't feel like it's going to be a blowout. I don't know who's going to win the game just yet. I haven't made a prediction. But I know it's going to be a movie, and you got to get your popcorn out with extra butter 
And if you like to add extra salt on there, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> One of the with the Lakers, it's for me, it's their bench depth that makes them such a strong unit. And that's something that the Celtics are still trying to figure out. They're trying to they like to stagger Jason Tatum with their second unit. And so we've seen them start to do that with Jalen Brown as his ability to create out of the pick and roll has improved as well. What would you say the primary matchups will be for the Celtics on that bench unit? Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, right now, Brad, this is the second game where Brad has his full roster back without having, I'm really without having Pete Rabbit as Peyton Pritchett. But when I'm talking about full roster, I mean the, the big three. Uh, uh, Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And so now I think Brad has to figure out how to stagger those minutes, okay? And then you have to realize you got a guy like Jeff T. You got to feel, you got to, you got to make a, a, a decision. Am I going to start Tristan Thompson and bring Daniel Tyson off the bench or vice versa? Because right now I feel like Brad is experimenting and he's playing three centers in the game which is okay sometimes, but you can't do that all the time. So I'm looking at guys, Simi Ojale, in my opinion, has done enough to crack the rotation. I strongly believe he should be in the rotation, but uh, Brad will figure it out. He, he's going to figure it out, but it's hard for him because Kemba is on a minute restriction. So you got to make sure you be mindful of that. I believe Jason Taylor might still be on a minute restriction. You got to be mindful of that also. So, you know, Brad will do do what he needs to do, do his homework, and he'll have those guys ready to play come tomorrow night. You mentioned that sometimes he's got three bigs on the floor, and one of the things he's done for the majority of the season now has run with that two-big lineup. How do you feel that works for the Celtics, and do you expect to see it going up against LA? Might. He might. Brad might switch it up. I, I, I kind of like it because – to me, it gives them more of an inside presence. It gives them more of a defensive identity, meaning, you know, if Tristan Thompson is out on the perimeter guarding someone, you still have a shot block in the paint like Daniel Tice and vice versa. If Daniel Tice gets switched out and he's guarding the perimeter player, you still have Tristan Thompson. The only thing that it affects, and Daniel Tice has been shooting the ball pretty well, but he's not a guy that people just respect. The only thing that it affects is the spacing for Kimba, Jalen, and Jason Tatum to go to work. That's the only problem I have with that lineup. Defensively, I love it. Offensively, I don't like it that much. And then I feel like when we're talking about the way they kind of have to line up against the Lakers, that spacing is going to be so important because of the defensive players they have. So, and then that kind of makes me think that Peyton Pritchard would have seen some good time there. But the player that's been replacing him while he's out injured at the moment has seems to be like Carson Edwards is earning some time. Do you think he gets trusted with any rotation minutes against a team like the Lakers? He do. And, and, and Brad, he trusts all his players on the bench and they give him great reason why. The thing that I love about Brad Stevens is that he goes off a of field. If he plays you for one minute, and you out there and you're contributing, he's going to give you two minutes. And if you're playing well in two minutes, he's going to give you three minutes. I watched it about a week ago with Taco Fall. They were down a lot of players. He threw Taco in there, and Taco played extended minutes. And after the game, Brad said, hey, I was my plans were to play Taco 
in, in short spurts, but the effect that he had on the game, I couldn't take him out. And that's the way you want to coach the uh, coach. But also, that's how you earn minutes, and that's how you earn a coach respect. And with the Lakers size, if you were on that coaching staff, what would you be looking to instruct the Celtics to do to try and at least make it uncomfortable for the Lakers when they're on offense? Well, I mean, you got to get into them. Uh, when LeBron James is pushing the ball, you need to pick him up full court and turn him. Don't let him just have a full head of steam coming downhill. You have to be physical with the Lakers. You have to muck it up and prepare to get dirty with them. I think that's what you have to do, although they're going to fight back. And if, if, if I'm the Celtics, I would do everything in my power to put Mark and Saul in every pick and roll. That's – that's the best bet because when you go back and watch the Celtics last year when they played the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto, the Celtics put Marcus Saul in every pick and roll and was successful to the point where he was almost unplayable. And so if, if I'm the Celtics, you have to target. It's all about matchups and who's the weakest link. And I hate to say it about Marcus Saul because I'm a fan of his. Uh, uh, a former defensive player of the year, but he is older now. So you have to target it. You get Jason Tatum, you get Kimball Walker, you get Jalen Brown attacking him down here in the pick and roll. The Celtics will have great success. Well, Perk, I really appreciate you jumping on. Before I let you go, it wouldn't be a Celtics podcast without having Big Perk up in here and me not asking if you have any KG stories, any funny KG stories. <laughs> Oh, man, I have so many, man, but I'm, I'm going to give you one, okay? So we used to – KG had a rule. We used to have food in the garden that was catered by Maggiano's, right? Pastas, whatever the case, salmon. And KG had a rule that players eat first after the game. So that means you have to wait if you was, you know, anybody else who was working in the organization, and rightfully so. But we had a doctor by the name of Dr. McKinn. He was kind of one of those Hollywood doctors who wanted to show you his resume and show you how he ranked top 100 in the country for his orthopedics and all this, right? So he comes in and he's digging in the food. So I'm sitting in my locker, I'm watching, I'm like, uh-oh. So KG comes in, he got his towel wrapped around and he stands over him from behind. Dr. McKinn don't even know he's standing behind him. He's like, so Dr. McKean stand, turns around, look up. He like, didn't I tell you, MF? Didn't I tell you? Nobody eat but before the players. Give me this plate of food. Took, takes the plate of food and throws it straight in the trash can. Says, don't let me see you do it again. It was just a classic, so funny, but it was also like, oh, did he just do that? <laughs> Could you imagine how intimidating it is to have KG uh, over you as well? Yeah, just a seven-one guy still sweating and just, <laughs> you know, just growling and foaming at the mouth, just standing over you while you're just trying to get you a little, a little plate of lasagna. You ain't hurting nobody, <laughs> KG. <laughs> right, guys, make sure that before the game tomorrow, just remember that Perk will be with Cassidy Hubbard hosting Hoopstream's primetime. ESPN's 30-minute digital NBA pregame show leading into the NBA Saturday primetime on ABC. They'll be joined by special guests leading up to the game. And as the show will be streaming on ESPN's Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube feed, plus the ESPN app, there's no reason to miss out on this excellent it's start to the game. It's going to be a move. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can catch us again on Monday. Perk, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
My pleasure.